Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Mark, chapter 6. Mark, chapter number 6. We'll look at verses 45 through 52 this morning. 45 through 52. When you find your place, Mark chapter 6, verse number 45, I'll invite you to stand if you're able to honor the reading of God's word. Mark chapter 6, verse number 45. And the word of God says, And straightway he constrained his disciples to get into the ship and to go to the other side before unto Bethsaida, while he sent away the people. And when he had sent them away, he departed into a mountain to pray. And when even was come, the ship was in the midst of the sea, and he alone on the land. And he saw them toiling and rowing, for the wind was contrary unto them. And about the fourth watch of the night, he cometh unto them, walking upon the sea, and would have passed by them. But when they saw him walking upon the sea, they supposed it had been a spirit, and cried out. For they all saw him, and were troubled, and immediately he talked with them, and said unto them, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And he went up, into them, uh, went up unto them into the ship, and the wind ceased, and they were sore amazed in themselves beyond measure, and wondered. For they considered not the miracle of the loaves, for their heart was hard. Let's pray. Father, we come to you once again thanking you for your word this morning. And Father, I pray, Lord, that you will speak to our hearts. Lord, give me the words to say. Lord, bring to remembrance the things that I've studied this week to, uh, to that, that have been so impressed upon my heart, Lord, that I, I share them, Lord, through the power of your spirit. That the church may walk away uh, comforted, encouraged, strengthened. And Father, if there be anyone among us this morning that is lost, Lord, that don't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, Father, I pray that you will convict their hearts through your Spirit. Lord, show them their need for a Savior. And Lord, lead them to Jesus. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated course this morning i want to talk to you on the subject of the storm tossed church the storm tossed church as we get into our text this morning we need to be reminded of what happened last time we were in the book of mark uh and what happened was that uh this multitude came to jesus jesus had had sent his disciples away after they had had a uh successful run out in the uh the the towns where Jesus sent them to go and to preach the gospel, to, to preach repentance. They were went, sent out to uh, heal the sick. He had gave them power over demons and over sicknesses. And he had sent them out into the uh, people to uh, minister to them through the word and through the miracles that he would allow them to uh, perform or be shown through them. And as they uh, had went out the uh, uh, and they came back, the 
ministry and message of the Lord Jesus Christ had, had so grown that, that the people around had heard about Jesus. They, they saw where he was at, and as he was sending them away, uh, so his disciples, sending his disciples away so they could just get some rest and be alone, we, we saw where this great multitude of uh, at least 5,000, it, it mentions 5,000 men, but there was possibly more if uh, we include women and children. And this great multitude uh, followed Jesus and his disciples. And as they followed after him, they, uh, they came and they spent that whole day. Jesus had compassion on them, it said. And they spent that whole day with them. And he, he taught them and ministered to them. And it says that they were as a sheep without a shepherd. They began to grow hungry, so Jesus told his disciples to go and feed them. They, they said, what do you want us to do? They, we, they said, we've got, we feed them 200 uh, shekels of uh, food, but what, that, what good is that? There's too many of them. And he said, well, how much do you have? They said, we have five loaves, two fishes. He said, well, sit them down. He said, we're going to feed them. And so he takes them and he, uh, they sit them down in companies of hundreds and fifties and uh, by the time they got done feeding with just that little bit of five loaves, two fishes, it said they had at least, they had 12 basketfuls of fragments and of fishes. And Jesus had blessed what they were given and multiplied it. And it is under this context that we come to our text this morning. After that had happened, we see where Jesus sends them away. Or he sends his disciples out. And as he sends them out, he sends that multitude away. And then as uh, the multitude sent away, the disciples end up uh, in a storm. And they begin to, to toil in that storm. They begin to get tossed about and, and they get worried. And then Jesus uh, goes out in the midst, walks on water, what a lot of people consider the, uh, the, the greatest miracle in the, in the New Testament. He walks on the water and, uh, and he calms the sea and, uh, and they marveled and wondered. And as we look at this, I couldn't help but see a picture of a Christian or a church that, that would be sent out and be in the midst of a storm and, and you're toiling day and night and you're toiling and you're, and you're working trying to get everything straight but yet this storm just seems to be overpowering and overtaking you and then all at once you just realize that you need Jesus to step into the storm and calm it and make everything all better. Doesn't that speak of our lives? Doesn't that speak of something that you might be going through today? That you've been through this storm and you can't seem to get out of it? And you look around and you say, man, what am I going to do? I'm in this storm. What can happen now? You need Jesus Christ to step in. You need Jesus Christ to come and do something. It happens in the life of a Christian as an individual. It happens uh, in the life of a church as a whole. And so this morning, I've just got two points that I want to share with you as we think about the storm-tossed church. Number one, I want you to notice the Lord's direction, verses 45 through 47. In verse number 45, it says in straightway, He constrained His disciples uh, to get into the ship and to go to the other side uh, before into Bethsaida while He sent away the people. Notice that word constrained. It literally means that He had to force His disciples 
he had to force and compel his disciples to get into the ship. No doubt they were excited. I mean, who wouldn't be? I mean, they just seen a, a 5,000 people fed with just five loaves and two fishes. That's exciting. That's something that you can wonder and amaze about. And so what we've got is they were excited to be there, uh, and yet here we are, something successful in ministry happening, and the Lord is telling his apostles, all right, this is over with. Your ministry here is done. Now you need to go. You need to go over to the other side. But he had to force them. They didn't want to go. They thought, man, this ministry is too good to be here. We need to stay here and do some other things. But the Lord is compelling them that they need to go. Perhaps they couldn't understand the Lord sending them away from such a successful ministry. Or maybe perhaps they, uh, they were, had just gotten comfortable with what was going on. Everything was going smooth. The, the uh, multitudes were being fed. Everything was great. And they just didn't want to leave that because Jesus is sending them to another place and they don't know what's going to happen over there. It happens a lot of times, not just uh, with uh, ministries, but even with jobs. The Lord's speaking to you and, uh, he's, uh, and you're convinced that you need to maybe move, uh, try and move up the corporate ladder, so to speak. But yet you're scared. You don't know what to do because you're used to this area here. But yet if you go up here, you're going to have to uh, maybe apply yourself more, learn more, have more responsibilities. You don't know what lays ahead. So you're unsure of the Lord's direction. You know he's leading that way, but you just don't want to go. So he has to compel you by different means for you to go out. The Lord is directing them. To leave this successful ministry and to go to the other side of the sea. And they don't want to go. You know what I believe we're seeing? Really and truly, we're seeing a failure for the church to trust leadership. We're seeing where the, the church is failing to trust. Listen. They're, they're not just failing to trust the leadership of a, of a pastor. They're failing to trust the leadership of the Messiah. And they don't want to go. They don't want to step out on faith and go to where he is leading them to go. And we see that a lot of times. We even have church situations where uh, pastors fail to trust the leadership of the Lord. I'm thinking right now of a friend of mine that he uh, has just recently resigned his church and uh, he's going now to uh, be a church planner. And uh, he's had a successful ministry at his church. Been there for several years. Uh, seen many people saved, many people baptized. Seen the, the church grow and now the Lord's leading him in a different direction. And uh, he made a, a comment the other day about how uh, it just seems so... Uh, Futile that he can uh, just easily, as much good as taking place, that uh, the leadership of the church uh, could just easily be replaced like that. And no doubt he was uh, uh, in fear of what uh, laid ahead for him, but then also what laid ahead for the church. 
And the only thing you can say in that is you've just got to trust the leadership of Jesus Christ. Some churches fail to trust the leadership of the pastor as he follows the leadership of the Lord. And I'm going to get into that a little bit here in a moment. But no doubt, they're failing to trust leadership. But finally, they fail to trust Jesus. They, he finally gets them sent away, forcefully, might I add. <laughs> he probably had to get them into the boat and push the boat out. But in verse 46, he had sent them away, it says, and he departed into a mountain to pray. Now that should be a comfort for us right there. That as we advance in our walk with Jesus, and he might send us to some other job or to some other ministry, maybe moving you from being a a Sunday school teacher to a nursery worker or to a a spot as a deacon or, or some other type of leadership within the church, something that you're not used to, People stepping up and taking on different responsibilities. They're used to just coming and sitting on a pew. And now you're uh, feeling the urge to step up and do something else. Take on a men's ministry. Take on a women's ministry. And you're uncertain. Know this. That you have a Messiah. You have a Christ that is interceding for you. I mean, hey, it's wonderful when you can go to a pastor, go to a deacon, go to another Christian friend and say, Hey, can you pray for me in this? And those Christian brothers and sisters, no doubt, uh, love that that you're coming to them and they love to be able to to bow on their their hands and knees and, and pray for you earnestly. But just know this, that as we would pray for you, there's a Lord in heaven that's interceding on your behalf. That is praying for you constantly before the throne of God. So Jesus prays for him. What would he pray for? I believe he's praying for what the disciples are about to go through. After all, Jesus is God, amen? And he knows everything. He he knows what you're going through. And he knows what you're going to go through. And he knew that when he sent his apostles out uh, onto the ship, that they were going to enter into a storm. And what he is doing is he is praying, I believe, to the Father that their faith does not fail. They would need this faith. They would need some extra faith. We've been learning about different doctrines on Wednesday nights. And uh, we were just talking about uh, faith this past Wednesday night, about how that there's saving faith, but then there's what we would call sustaining faith. And that is the, the faith that gets you through the day, the faith that gets you through the storms and the battles that you will fight in your life. And so when you go through these storms and battles, you need your faith increased. You need to get closer in touch with Jesus than ever before when you go through a storm and some trying time. So he's praying that their faith does not fail. Jesus is doing his part. Now it's up to the church 
to do their part. But as the church gets out into the midst of the sea, closer and closer to the storm that's brewing, we see what from a human standpoint looks bleak. Look at verse number 47. It says, And when even was come, the ship was in the midst of the sea, and he alone on the land. You ever get get out and, and you know that you're in the middle of God's will, you know that you're doing a service to God, but yet at the same time you just feel like you're going through this this storm and, and God is completely far from you. You're here, but yet you feel like God is there. Separated. That's the situation that we have here. The church is here. Christ is there. But all of this, remember, is under the direction of the Lord Himself. He's got a place for them to go, but they've got certain things they have to go through to get there. Remember, Jesus Christ has a certain place for you to go. And after all, this this world is our sea. And the other side, heaven, that's where he has for us to go. And we're going to go through a lot of storms. We're going to go through a lot of trials. We're going to go through a lot of, of bad circumstances to get from here to there. There's going to be times where it seems like the Lord is far from us and that we're all alone. But yet the Lord is going to be praying for us and He's going to be watching over us. It may seem like we're here and He's there, but we've got to go through a storm to get to where He wants us to be. That's at the Lord's direction. Now, I want us to notice the church's dismay. Verse number 48. And he saw them toiling and rowing. Now look at that. Notice it. Verse 47. He was alone on the land. The church would feel like he is far from them. That he is not interested in what they're doing. You ever feel like that? That you've got some trial in your life and you think that, that where you're going through that the Lord is so far from you that He maybe doesn't see what you're going through or maybe you even feel like you just don't care. Let me tell you this. As you were out and you were in the midst of your storm and you were rowing and you were toiling against that storm trying to get to where God wants you to be, He sees you. And He knows what you're going through. He sees them. I, I'm, I like what Paul said in Romans chapter 8. He says in Romans chapter 8 that I am persuaded that neither, notice this, that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come. Listen to this. Nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. In other words, 
You can't escape. You can't go far enough to where the love of God cannot reach out to you. The church was here. The Lord was there. But yet, His love and compassion could still extend out to them. They were toiling and they were rowing. In other words, trouble came. Hard times came to this church. Think about this. They just had a successful ministry by feeding the multitudes. Now, what's that old saying? You're either in a storm, coming out of a storm, or going into a storm. They were out of the storm with the multitude. They went into a storm on the sea. But think about this. Why were they in the storm? Was it because they had sinned? As some uh, prosperity preachers would preach? No. Why are they in the storm? The very the reason they're in this storm, listen carefully. They followed the direction of Christ. Do you ever stop and think that a lot of times you're going through a storm? It's because you're doing something right and Jesus is leading you through this storm so he can strengthen you and get you to a position where you need to be. You've got to trust Christ in these things. Even as I thought about this, I thought about how a lot of times in churches, when a, a pastor is being faithful to follow the leadership of Christ, and as he's doing that, he might make a decision that uh, the Lord led him to make, but then uh, it causes some turmoil in the church, causes a, a storm to brew. And all this stuff starts to happen in the church. And what happens? Everybody starts to blame the pastor. Everybody starts to look for reasons to get rid of the pastor. I've ministered in one church where they actually did that. They locked the doors on the pastor. You see, it all comes down to a trust in the leadership. Following the leadership of Christ will cause you sometimes to go through a storm. Why? To strengthen you in your faith. To strengthen you as a bond to your fellow church members. And to strengthen your communion with Christ. So it was the Lord that had led them to a storm to be able to get them to the other side of the sea. And notice this. As he led them and they went out in the storm, it says about the fourth watch of the night. The fourth watch of the night would have been from 3 o'clock in the morning, 3 o'clock a.m. to 6 o'clock a.m. 
Now, that's about as dark of night as you can get. They've been rowing, they've been toiling all night. And when it's the darkest part of the night, here's what happens. He cometh unto them. What a beautiful phrase right there. When it's the darkest part of their night, He comes to them. When it's the darkest part of our night, when we're out in the storm rowing, and we get to the darkest part of that situation, here will come Jesus Christ. When we least expect it, when we least uh, expect Him to be coming, here He comes, walking upon the sea. And notice this, would have passed by them. It's interesting how Mark puts that phrase. He was walking upon the sea and would have easily and would have passed by them. You know what I believe that phrase means when he when Mark Mark is writing that the the reason he included that could have easily passed by them because there's nothing that Jesus Christ can't handle. He walked on the sea. The storm didn't bother him. The the sea didn't stop him. When Jesus Christ is coming to the aid of his people, nothing will get in his way. And at their darkest moment, he comes to them, says they they were troubled. They, They thought they had seen a ghost says verse 49 now imagine that here you are toiling you got this storm you got water coming in the the boat and then to top things off you've got a ghost coming to haunt you scary stuff Stephen King couldn't write a story like that so is there they're troubled it says they saw him they were troubled but it says, and immediately he talked with them and said to them, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. At their darkest moment, when they least expected it, the word of God came and spoke to them, Be not afraid. How many times have you been through some troublesome time and just at the right moment, you're reminded of a Bible verse? You open up your Bible and you begin to read it. Some Christian friend comes to you and quotes some scripture, gives you some words of encouragement, and it's right on time. When you're going through a storm, you don't need to try and sort it out yourself. You just need to look for a word from God. And need I remind us, he's given us a whole book full of his word. It says after this, that is verse 51, it says, And he went up unto them into the ship, and the wind ceased. It says, And they were sore amazed in themselves beyond measure, and they and wondered. They were just amazed now that Jesus was able to walk on water, that Jesus was able to calm the storm and to calm their fears. But... Their amazement at this 
is also their indictment against them. They were amazed beyond measure and wondered, it says. In verse number 52, it says, For they considered not the miracle of the loaves, for their heart was hardened. Isn't it amazing how you can get out into the sea, as we are in the sea, we're going about our business, but then I'll, we'll enter into that storm. And we'll get there and we'll get, begin to, to take it upon ourselves to, to try and get through this storm. When all we really need to do is to look for Jesus Christ to get us through. But then, when we get into that storm, and then we get, Jesus brings us out of that storm... We often think, man, I just didn't think I was ever going to get out of that. It took everything for me to get out of this storm. And the Lord saw me through it. I was worried for a little bit. You ever have those days? When you're going through a storm and, and you, the Lord brings you out of it and you say, say, man, I just didn't think I was ever going to get through it. But then the Lord showed up. Did you not think he was going to show up? Your amazement about being brought through the storms that Jesus brings you through is also your indictment that you had little faith in that storm. You never thought back to all the other times that the Lord brought you through. You never thought back to all the other times that that the Lord uh, helped you through your storm with a friend, with a family member, with a uh, verse of scripture, with a sermon, with a Bible study. You don't remember all those times that the Lord saw you through it. And so when you're in the midst of that storm, you're worried and you're struggling and you don't know how to get out of it. You have forgotten that you need Jesus Christ to get you out of it. And then when he gets you out of it, you're like, man, I didn't know, I just didn't know what to do. Yeah, you did. Anything else you did, you trusted in Jesus, but yet you get into this storm and you think this storm is different. It doesn't matter how big or how small your storm is, Jesus Christ can see you through it. See, they had forgotten about the five loaves and two fishes that fed the multitudes. They forgot that Jesus can accomplish anything. And they forgot that Jesus said, I want you to go to the other side. Be it they were worried, once again, that they weren't going to make it because of the storm. Listen, if Jesus Christ called them to go to the other side, no storm could stand a chance. Jesus Christ has called us to go through this world. No peril that we go through. No uh, hard time that we go through. No tribulation. No trial. Stands a chance against Jesus Christ. How about you this morning? Have you been through a storm or are going through a storm presently that... 
you realize that you've been toiling and all you need to do is just rely on Jesus Christ? Would you come to him this morning and say, Lord, uh, this is going on in my life. I've been trying so hard to get through it. I'm sorry. I just need you to do it for me. Strengthen my faith as the disciples would cry out. Give me faith. Give me more faith in you to see me through it. Maybe you're here this morning and you just don't know Christ as Lord and Savior. Would you give your heart to Him? The roughest storm in your life is going to be dealing with your salvation. Knowing that you can do nothing to save yourself, but you need Jesus Christ to reach out and grab you and to save you by His grace and His mercy. He died on the cross for your sins that you may live. Would you come to Him this morning? So we stand to our feet for our final hymn of invitation. Bow with me as we pray. Thank you for joining us for our broadcast. I hope you'll join us again next time with Rick Clark Ministries.